five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA. And coming up on the news for today, I'm up in the Northwoods still, but almost ready to head back to Wisconsin. It's been a great time up here. We got a chance to meet with Debbie Roth over at Japs Olson, who's a big supporter of WDMA, and so that was great. Um, but let's get over to the news. Okay, here's uh, Tom Fishburn, and he's talking about walled gardens. Feel free to use our ad platform any way you like. Here's the walls, and here's the barbed wire. You're in here, and there's no way out, okay? Any way you like, right? He says, the number of walled gardens is growing, and we can only expect the walls to get higher. Quantcast Mark White observed recently, walled gardens as a business concept isn't new. In the 90s, it was coined by John Malone to apply to the world of telecom, right? where you could only get in if you were part of the network. Only the telecoms could get through. But walled gardens are increasingly the name of the game in digital advertising. Google, Meta, and Amazon accounted for 74% of global digital ad spend, which is 47% of all the money spent on advertising. Imagine. So it's they've got a big, big hunk. Three companies have are divvied up, wow, half the advertising dollars. Okay, that's up 67% and 37% from the previous years. Beyond the lar- these largest of the walled gardens, Retailers like Walmart and publishers like the New York Times and other platforms are all doubling down on first-party data to erect their own because as third-party information goes away, these people actually know that you're real, that you're paying for a subscription. Um, We've always, in B2B, direct mail, we always preferred uh, what we called Uh, paid circulation versus controlled circulation. Controlled circulation, they claimed to qualify all their subscribers, but it wasn't the same as somebody parting with a couple of bucks. Okay, so the value of walled gardens is going up. Advertisers are now spending more, yet understanding less. And here's the key point that that I think Tom wants to make and that I want to make. Um, Advertisers are now spending more, yet understanding less about their customers uh, it's always been famously murky in the walled gardens, but there's less transparency on how campaigns are performing, per- particularly in relation to attribution modeling. So how do you decide? And of course, the methods of attribution are, are well-documented and widespread. The real question is not, is there a conjunction between, yes, you have a cookie of ours on your machine and purchase something? But did what did our ad cause that to happen? You know, in direct mail, because we have an idea that of engagement, because we have such a high level of engagement, we can tell that you did engage, and therefore the difference between two customers is not whether they engaged, not whether they were paying attention, as it is in digital, but whether they bought. And so then we have an idea of the causal power of the media. Uh, Locke Rose, look, look, Rose, chief analytics officer at Epsilon, voiced this challenge. 
Marketers, this is really good. Marketers don't get a good understanding of what parts of their media worked. There's no way to verify it. You simply have to take it on faith. As a marketer, you know the chief financial officer and chief marketing officer are going to ask about it. You're just going to have to say, well, I trusted the walled gardens to do the right thing. And, you know, here's the problem. The problem is the, the, the same people who are taking your money and telling you how many views you got are also saying, here's the attribution. We're the causal force behind everything. Marketers try. Marketers spend a lot of time trying to decide which parts of the programs are underperforming so they can move their investments around. But the lack of insight from Wall Gardens makes this very hard to do, not impossible. And here's a couple of explanations. But that's all we're going to do for Tom this time. Now, um, a couple of other news items. Let's get over to this one. Let's see. Let's see. We can close this, I think. No, let's just move over. Okay, USPS is going to host support events for small business. I didn't know about this. The only person I could find that, uh, <laughs> that covered it was the Telequa or something, Daily Press. I don't even know where that is. But they're having one this Tuesday uh, at Muskogee Avenue. So anyway, uh, if you're down in Telequa at... Uh, I guess it's Taliqua. If you're in Taliqua, then you know where to go. I'm, but they're supposedly being held all across America. So call your local post office. Find out if they're having something near you in May. Um, for more than two centuries, USPS has been helping small business grow and supporting main streets everywhere through their highs and lows. So I highly recommend you check this out from USPS. I'd like to hear from USPS if you're out there. And tell me where these are. Tell me how to find out. Uh, well, here it is. To learn more about the the to learn more about these events, go to USPS/smallbusiness, and maybe you'll be able to find out if there's one in your area. Okay, cool, huh? Okay, so in the interest of walled gardens, here's an article on Amazon. They just did some. They just did um, released some of their quarterly earnings. Amazon underwhelms as online shopping slows. There you go. So uh, Amazon released their quarterly numbers and it rattled the stock market. Sales at Amazon's online stores actually declined, falling 3%. Imagine that, right? Uh, there was a net loss of $3.8 billion in the first quarter, the first it's first time since 2015. So seven years they've been making money and all of a sudden they're not so much. Now what's interesting is is that they they are making money in Amazon uh, cloud services and Amazon I mean Amazon web services and Amazon advertising is going gangbusters. What's not going gangbusters is selling stuff online. It's a lot more difficult. But uh, Amazon CEO said that um, we had extraordinary growth of 39 percent 2020 year over year, and so we had to double our we had to double our fulfillment capabilities, um, which they've done now, and now they're getting back to the to the kinds of delivery measurements and customer satisfaction that they had before the pandemic, which is quite amazing that they've 
literally doubled their facilities in two years and now they're shipping on time. We did, I, I considered doing an article about how they weren't shipping on time, but I figured that it was a temporary thing and they're really all in on that. So that's cost them some money. MasterCard Spending Pulse says that in-store sales continued to bounce back in March while e-commerce purchases declined year over year. Okay, consistent with Amazon. Okay, but they're still 80% higher than pre-pandemic levels. In-store sales are also stronger, up 9.4% compared to two years ago. So good for good for good news for everybody. Here's a really really good article uh, from the Harvard Business Review. I wasn't expecting it to be this wonderful. And here's the authors there. I thought maybe it was going to be a rerun of stuff I'd read recently, but no, it's not. It's totally totally unique. Digital marketing technologies and their ecosystems have dominated marketing budgets for over a decade. Not much over a decade, though, you have to say. They only started measuring them, really, in, 20, in 2009. Okay? Um, but uh, the, on average, marketers reported an annual decrease in traditional ad spend between February 2012 and 2022. So traditional advertising went down a little bit, despite overall marketing budgets going up about 8%. Okay, so where we've lost it is in the traditional. Okay, and um, but now consumer facing companies are leading a shift toward back toward traditional marketing with um, with them saying ten, they're going to increase 10% their, their uh, traditional advertising spending. Okay, so the facts are that people are moving money away from digital and toward traditional. Okay, for the first time really in a decade, really since digital took off, because before that there was no digital. Before 2009, we didn't measure digital spend. Okay, so and ironically, somewhat ironically, companies that earn 100% of their sales through internet are leading this inflection, predicting an 11.7% increase in traditional ad spending over the next 12 months. Okay, so why? Well, the first thing is people are getting numb to conventional digital advertising. You know, we've learned to, to screen it out or uh, there's a lot of ways to get around it. Okay, participants didn't like ads that played before videos. Yeah, I don't watch ESPN highlights because I know they're going to stick an ad in front of it. 43% didn't watch them. Well, I don't even, I've, I've known better to, than to click on the, the uh, ESPN, especially because it's the same ad over and over and over. Okay, traditional media channels led by TV, radio, and print outperformed digital in terms of reach, attention, and engagement, which we just talked about. Okay, and um, it says that people read the print advertisements that they receive in the mail. So I think print includes mail here. Um, which is excellent, okay? So they're rebalancing their spending away from digital clutter. Cool, huh? And also there are concerns. This performance digital, this performance differential is amplified as costs of online advertising have increased, especially when accounting for impression, click, and conversion fraud which my friend August, Dr. Augustine Fu says is as much as 30% of the clicks you're seeing are fake, okay? 
Also, they're capitalizing on consumers' trust in traditional advertising. Consumers most are most trusting of print, television, and direct mail. How's that for junk mail? Call it junk mail if you want, but it's something that people value and they look for. Okay, there's also the decline of third-party cookies, okay, which was really not very good data. It was, was difficult to utilize, but people convinced themselves that it was somehow beneficial. But as those go away, you're either forced to go to walled villages or walled gardens, rather, <laughs> walled cities, <laughs> in the Amazon's case is probably, or, or digital's case, walled fortresses. Anyway, <laughs> so as people move away from that, they're looking for ways to target and also track, which is why direct mail is starting to grow and starting to shine. Okay, they're also, they're liking podcasting, which I like podcasts, I have to say, but most of the ones I'd listen to don't have ads on them. They're also uh, exploiting the digital shift by traditional media. So who would have thought, I love this line, who would have thought that direct mail would be resurrected, right? Well, that's exactly what happened when mailers pair a QR with and personal URLs, mailing, mailing response devices that take you to web content. You know, rather than AR or VR or all these things, you can just put a QR in there that takes you to a video. It's so simple, right? Take you to, take you, take me where you want me to go. Don't make me download another app. Okay, brand fit. And there's a lot of ways to test in direct mail. Brand fit, coming along. Revisiting digital effectiveness. This is a big... Marketers are becoming skeptical, this was exactly what Fishburne was touching on, of hype returns of digital media because the platforms control both the advertising inventory and its effectiveness measurement. So they tell you that they have plenty of ads, an unlimited supply of ads, always new viewers, but and that these viewers are clickety-clicky. The fact is digital advertising may be far less effective than reported. And so there's basically a tipping point happening here. It's just the beginning. We're just seeing it, but we're seeing it. It could happen fast because word gets around. Also, the, the benefits of digital, which were hyper-personalization, hyper-targeting, hyper-retargeting, uh, can actually backfire if done too early. Right? I hated that. I always go to Amazon on private browser windows because I don't want to get retargeted on something that I was looking up for my wife and I have no intention of buying or that we've already bought and want to see how much it is <laughs> on the, in the real world. The advantage, I got a Wolfgang Puck fry pan, beautiful stainless steel fry pan uh, at the thrift store my sister sent me over there. She's a supporter of the WDMA. It's about a $50 pan that I got for $2. Anyway, so I looked it up on Amazon. The advantages of div digital media can be a two-edged sword becoming and, and marketers are becoming more cautious about blindly embracing it. So excellent, excellent article. I'll get these up eventually. I'm in the, you know, I'm tra in the travel mode, but I'll get these up eventually. WDMA.org. If you're a subscriber, which is free, you get access to all the show notes from everything I post, 
And I may also post that CMO survey from February where some of this information came from today. Have a great day. Like and share. A share on LinkedIn is worth 20 likes. Okay? So don't just like it. Share it. Okay? Have a great day. Bye-bye.